Radical, episode 212. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being here. This is the makeup episode that I have been uh, promising you guys. My back was a little looser this morning when I got up early, and I was like, man, I got to I gotta do another show this week. I just I got to get it out, and there's a lot to talk about, man. There is so much out there in the news. Um, first and foremost, thank you to everybody who's here. Thank you for being here if you're new. Thanks for the, the long haulers. I promise we're going to start simulcasting soon again, man. Uh, I had I had some setbacks with my back, and um, you know when when your wife just she wants you to work on chicken coops and stuff like that, man. It is uh, it's one of those things where you got to you got to be a little smarter and, and and pick your battles. And that was probably one I should have picked. Uh, but at any rate, uh, it is coming around again. And uh, thank you guys all for the the well wishes and prayers and good vibes and all that fun stuff. But um, Good Lord, there's so much going on in the news. Um, you know, I'm just kind of perusing the headlines, going through some of the stuff to see what the uh, the normies are talking about out there. Uh, it looks like there's a just a whole shitstorm going on with Florida, uh, with Disney and and I don't know districting and and laws and Republicans canceling Mickey and culture wars. In terms of flaring out, and then you've got, you know, obviously Russia going on, um, but, you know, Netflix is crashing, CNN is shutting down after, you know, CNN Plus, which was their streaming service, they're, they're shutting down after just one month. Um, Spotify has removed the Obama podcast, so they're not going to renew um, Barack Obama's podcast. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. I mean, it really is. Even... Even today, right? Like these these organizations are are failing. Disney is stripped of its special governing powers. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Um, it's their company on their land, and you know, to, I, I I don't know. I I haven't dove into the story yet. Um, but you've got masks have been unruled on public or uh, unlawful on public transportation, and Elon has secured funding for the Twitter takeover. Guess what? We're not going to talk about any of this dumb shit. We're going to talk about something different. Um, some th- some things have popped up, and I see this especially in the, the Bitcoin space and the economic space, and we're going to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I want to point out to you guys some of the FUD that's going on around there about Bitcoiners and you know what we're doing. Uh, it is, it is a target-rich environment to say the least. But something had made news uh, the other day. This is out of the Globe and Mail. Uh, I believe this is a Canadian uh, publication. It is by a guy named Mark Rendell, and it says Bitcoin investors tend to have low financial literacy, according to the BOC, Bank of Canada, that is, research. So I wanted to hit this piece up today because, man, it just it just max, man. You know, when we talk about propaganda, you know, a lot of times what you'll see is a lot of truth and then a little bit of a twist and a lie, right? Like um, what some people call spin, but like it's it's a lot more nefarious than that. They'll give you enough truth to to make it sound, you know, like it's a real story. And then they'll just twist it enough for their narrative and, you know, misapply an application or a solution, or who, whatever the initial problem was in the beginning. This is not that. This is just a straight up like hit piece again 
on Bitcoiners. And why, why would that be? Because they're scared as hell of Bitcoiners, right? Like they are really, really scared or they're really fucking stupid either way. But I wanted, I wanted to, to at least touch on this. This will kind of be, I don't know, maybe a shorter show. Maybe we'll get into uh, Australia's first uh, spot for Bitcoin ETF, which kind of interesting. But um, as you guys are coming along on this journey with me, you know, I want you guys to be prepared for a lot of the um, just the, the FUD that's out there. That's going to be, you know, you're going to be battling it day in and day out. And I hope you do it in a very graceful way. Um, you know, sooner than later, people will probably come along. You know, maybe they won't. I don't know. Maybe they're going to uh, continue to push silver and gold and, and, you know, lead, which I think you should probably have some of that kind of stuff, right? Like we're not saying just because you have Bitcoin doesn't mean you shouldn't have anything else. Uh, people do that to, you know, the, the libertarian, uh, Bitcoiner type of world all the time. It's just because we, you know, maybe don't even, we don't address it or, that we talk about something else, we're automatically anti, you know, whatever it is they're for. And it's just the most binary bullshit thinking you could possibly imagine. So at any rate, to get into this article, it says Canadian Bitcoin owners tend to have low levels of financial literacy while being exposed to elevated levels of financial risk, according to the new bank of Canadian research. All right. So I can't get through the first paragraph on this one. Um, the, the statement that they are, exposed to elevated levels of financial risk. Oh, man, I've said it before and I've said it a lot of times now. Um, when you just do the math on Bitcoin in terms of it being a risk on or a risk off type of investment, it is completely risk off. You know, if, if, you're, if you're understanding of what low time preference is versus high time preference, which I guarantee you, because they already said this, they don't understand it. You know, in, in terms of where it's going when the when the bond markets crash at, you know, four hundred trillion plus dollars in bond debt that's just crap debt, you know, for I should say, you know, that they're gonna have to pay out. Like those payouts are gonna come in and they're not gonna beat inflation. And a lot of that money is gonna seek harder money in things like Bitcoin. Make no mistake. $400 trillion at, you know, 10%. You're talking about $2 million of Bitcoin. There are 54 million millionaires in the world. There's 21 million Bitcoin, which means most millionaires will never own a Bitcoin. Yeah, it's scarce, which makes it valuable. And the fact that they're talking about they're exposed to elevated levels of financial risk, they're actually very well positioned and insulated for the future, even with a few thousand Bitcoin or Satoshis, that is. So they're, all, they're already just, oh man, first paragraph, can't even get through that. Based on a series of surveys, central bank researchers found that around 5% of Canadians owned Bitcoin between 2018 and 2020. That ownership has concentrated among young, educated men with high household income and low financial literacy. The researcher said in a paper summing up the survey results released this week. I'm surprised it didn't, you know, I guess put in there things like, you know, 
Uh, and maybe we'll get to it here in a minute, but, uh, you know, they're, they're white and they're part of militias and they are part of separatist groups and they don't want to be part of the state and they don't want to be part of the country. And they, you know, they're just mean, wicked, awful people. Like I can, I can imagine them going that far, but the, the concentrated, it's concentrated among young people. Let's take, let's kind of dissect this. Of course it is. Young people understand right now and we've understood for a long time you guys have in the boomer generation have told us our entire life that social security is going to run out someday that medicare and medicaid is going to run out someday and if you look at the expenditures especially of the u.s government which i gotta think that because um the the canadian healthcare system is way 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 uh, you know in, in terms of uh, percentage wise you know more funded you gotta think that this is something that we are inherently have been given, you know, just a whole bunch of, I don't know, fear when we were kids, right? Like it's not going to be there for you. I remember people saying that all the time. I remember my grandparents saying it. I remember my mom, and dad saying it. I remember people all over the news saying, you know, at some point social, social security runs out. Young people are saving for their future. Because government's not going to be there. They're inflating their money out of existence right now. Educated men with high, with high household income. So educated men with a high household income, which, you know, they're probably saying a little bit better than average. So what are they doing? They're saving. Oh my God. They're, they're, they're saving some of that money in, from their high household income. And, and they have a low financial literacy, <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, that's the thing is like that in itself is a good move. Saving money for a rainy day, spending less than you make, putting some away for a low time preference, way in the future, delayed gratification. That doesn't sound like low financial literacy. It sounds like if they don't have debt, and they have extra money and they're putting it away that they're making some wise decisions financially in their life. The researcher said in this, the paper summing up the survey results released last week, the researchers found that Bitcoin owners tend to have a greater knowledge of how Bitcoin technology works than non-owners, but score lower on general financial knowledge questions. At the same time, Canadians who are financially literate are more likely to be aware of Bitcoin than the average Canadian, but less likely to own it, the researchers said. Um, yeah, let's let's stop again. Why is this? Because people who have been in the financial game for a long time, and you can ask uh, Greg Foss. Greg Foss used to work for the Royal Canadian Bank, and he is an absolute good dude. I met him down in Florida. He is rock solid. I mean, he in he, in this in this network of Bitcoiners, he's a rock star, and he is one of the smartest, nicest, most down to earth, you know, just good dudes that you would never imagine was in finance. Right? Like that's the thing is he he's one of those guys that says, you know, the point of life is to go live life. Don't, don't fucking stare at your Bitcoin all the time, right? Um, and I know we talk about it on the show. Live life outside of this. Learn it, do it, understand it, get yourself positioned, but live your life, right? But so if the average people who understand, quote unquote, the Keynesian finance system 
aren't in Bitcoin, it's probably because they're um, I'm probably leveraged in in whatever you know dollars um, you know that or I should say whatever whatever medium they're invested in, whether it's gold or silver or stocks or bonds or whatever commodities equities. I, I don't I don't care. Like it could be any of those things. They are positioned in those and they know nothing else. They don't know Austrian theory, which is what Bitcoin is. For the first time in my lifetime, you know, like a, a really hard asset comes along that's not archaic in terms of being gold or silver or lead, that is a future in terms of an asymmetric asset, a medium of exchange, and these young people who are being made aware of Austrian economics understand Bitcoin. They don't need to go and try to understand the crazy, manipulated, poisoned, just absolutely gross world of the ever-changing dollars. They don't. They don't need to go and understand you know, all the, the little facets of what those people do because that system is absolutely insane and trying to make sanity out of it. Some people have done well because they've had, you know, financial advisors and things like that, that will, you know, move them through the ever changing landscape very carefully. You guys understand, like once we hit a giant market cap within Bitcoin, the volatility smooths way out and we're not worried about the, the quote unquote ups and, ups and downs, the undulations, any of that kind of stuff, right? Like everything kind of smooths out. There's not, you know, so much market volatility as people aren't gambling in the shitcoin casinos. They're not gambling on wall street. They're not gambling on commodities and equities and all like, they're not gambling anymore. Like things stabilize. Imagine that you imagine a stable economic world. That's not what Keynesian economics is. That is exactly what Austrian economics is. That's exactly what Bitcoin brings us. So, I mean, this guy, oh man, let's, let's just keep taking this guy apart. Pretty easy. The surveys conducted annually between 2016 and 2020 highlight the risk of investing in the volatile and sparsely regulated asset class. That's ridiculous. Around half of the current or past Bitcoin owners who responded to the surveys reported being affected by negative events, such as price crash, scam, or data breach. Okay. Um, you know, there, I'm telling you, that's why we're doing what we're doing. And as we start to have, you know, some of the, the guys in the space who are into security on the show, you guys are going to see, like, there is some proven, very easy ways to get from fiat into Bitcoin on a cold wallet that you don't have to worry about. Just tried and true. And right now, you know, if you're new to this kind of stuff, you should just be stacking. You shouldn't be spending. You shouldn't be doing anything else. If I might be so bold to recommend um, the guys over at Swan, they will push you in the right direction and they can get you into your own cold wallet every time that you make a deposit, which is called a, a DCA, um, dollar cost average, right? So if you guys want to do that, do it. 
and and I guess it's the Ledger S. If you guys are looking at cold wallets, it's a very easy way to do it. Super simple, guys. Um, but yeah, um, if if you're looking at this in terms of short term gains for Bitcoin, you're doing it wrong. And I guarantee you, the people that got uh, I don't know that 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 commented about volatility. They don't understand. They don't have the conviction that time and study and education brings in the space. I mean, if you just zoom out, man, it just, it's a damn J turn and it's, it's not slowing down. You know, it's, it's over 10 years old now. We're talking like 2009 and now we're starting to see this really, this, this climb when you zoom out. Yo, yeah. From day to day, it looks kind of volatile. Well, yeah, until you zoom out and you're like, yeah, it's volatile in a, in a completely skyrocketing uh, type of way. So anyway, scams and attack vectors and data breaches and all that kind of stuff. Be careful. Use OPSEC. You know, operations, operation security. Don't have cameras. Don't have microphones. Don't ever say or video or let your TV or any other camera or any other smart device around your seed words. Never. Never, 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 never put that stuff in a very safe place on a very safe medium and for, you know, I'd say forget about it, but make sure your family knows where it is, right? In case something ever happened to you, they can take your Bitcoin and live a very productive life later. Mm. To continue, the Bank of Canada has been tracking the adoption of cryptocurrencies since 2016 to see how they are being used and whether they represent a challenge to the existing money payment system. So far, cryptocurrency ownership remains relatively limited in Canada, and most people treat it as an investment rather than a means of payment. Yeah, now you see what they're doing, cryptocurrencies versus Bitcoin. And I've told you guys they are not the same. So they're setting a narrative here that is absolutely false when they say something about Bitcoiners being below average literate in terms of finance and now substituting, you know, people who are into cryptocurrencies, the Bitcoin maxis, the maximalists that are out there, they are not into crypto, ladies and gents, they're not. And they will steer anybody and everybody away from it as fast as possible because they're good natured people and they don't want to see them get taken to the shitcoin casino and absolutely wrecked. Around 15% of Bitcoin owners who responded to 2019 survey said their main reason for owning the asset was for making payments. Hmm. I'm uh, 15%? Yeah, maybe. It's, um, it's not a very big number. Not surprising. It's time to start thinking of Bitcoin as separate from the rest of crypto. Ah, there we go. Kevin O'Leary backed WonderFi to buy Coinberry, second Canadian crypto exchange in less than a month. The last survey included research paper was conducted in November of 2020, which was, which means that the research misses the run-up in cryptocurrency prices at the end of 2020 and into 2021. It, uh, it also does not account for recent regulatory changes, such as the approval of cryptocurrency exchange-traded funds in 2021, which may have broadened ownership. Okay, I don't 
None of that matters. A pair of surveys conducted by KPMG in 2021 and early 2022 found higher levels of cryptocurrency adoption, including among institutional investors. 32% of the respondents to an institutional investor survey said that they had some exposure to crypto assets, while 13% of them responded to a separate retail investor survey said they had bought crypto. See, they're, they're, they're conflating the two. They're, they're conflating. And this, uh, this is just bad journalism. This is bad writing. This is, you know, for, for this to get by an editor at the globe and mail.com, like Jesus Christ, you guys even literate. No, you got people writing about things that they're obviously not experts on that, you know, are trying to push a narrative. You're going to see more and more of this as, as the future becomes very, very orange in terms of Bitcoin. The Bank of Canada research suggests crypto investors need to be aware of the risk that accompany the asset class. 18% of the current or past Bitcoin owners surveyed by the bank said they had experienced a price crash. 14, 14% said they had lost access to their digital wallets. That's their fault. And 12% said they had participated in an initial coin offering that ended up being a scam. All right, so there they go. They're conflating the fucking two of them. This is what really pisses me off is if if they are conflating, just conflating right here in one paragraph, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, you're talking about two wildly different things. The fact that they are saying that 12% uh, said they had participated in an initial coin offering. Unless you were uh, around in 2000, I don't know, 9, 2010 with Bitcoin, there, there's only one, you know, initial coin. Um, that, and it's not an offering, right? Like you had to mine that shit or trade it on some really um, cypherpunk type of, uh, I don't know, exchanges back then like you know when when they were doing things through uh this this one site in japan like it was different it was very very different the fact that they're talking about you know they've seen 14 percent crashes well 14 percent in what 14 percent in bitcoin yeah there have been it's not a crash it didn't go to zero and it obviously has rebounded and is ticking kind of back up right like we're back into the 40s again as you continue to have all this, you know, quantitative easing done by the central banks in America, that is what's changing. You're having the amount of dollars in, you know, circulation production change. And a lot of times what's happening is that money around those places, like Bitcoin, right? If, if you're, if, if, if you've got extra money laying around, that's what helps to make right now you know, it looked like if you're zoomed way in that Bitcoin's volatile. That's all it is. It's reacting to dollars. It's reacting to the manipulation of the interest rate by the Fed. It's reacting to Keynesian manipulated poisoned economics. In real time, it's never down. It, it responds in real time. Those are corrections, right? All right, let's get back to it. The volatility of cryptocurrency prices alongside the history 
of fraud in the sector, most notably the collapse of the Canadian, uh, whatever the hell it is, something uh, Quadriga CX crypto exchange has raised some financial stability concerns. Yeah, about the other ones. About all the other, yeah, listen, we've said it a million times. Shit coins are shit coins and Bitcoin is Bitcoin. They are not the same. In the most recent financial stability report published last May, the Bank of Canada said these markets are not of systematic importance in Canada, neither as an asset class nor as a payment instrument. Yeah, until they start raising millions of dollars to fund Hong Kong HODL and all the truckers in Canada that went down to Ottawa and absolutely shut it down, made a, a world statement about what they're not going to put up with from their local tyrant, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not all that important. What a, what a bunch of bullshit. Quote, but this could change if a large technology firm a so-called big tech with a sizable user base decided to issue a cryptocurrency that became widely accepted as a means of payment, the bank said. All right. We've already seen this. Facebook tried to fucking do this. They failed miserably. Nobody wanted Facebook's shit coinery. They didn't. Nobody wanted it. Why? Because Mark Zuckerberg is a single point of contact. I don't know. Maybe he's an Android. Maybe he's not. I don't care. He's a weird fucking dude. And he is all about censorship. If he gets paid enough, he's down for censorship. Like he's good buddies with guys like Bill Gates, who thinks that the world is completely overpopulated and wants to offer you um, medicine to make it all better, right? Like, no. So anyway, um, it's it's this this article is such a piece of trash. I can't believe this gets through. The Bank of Canada is developing a prototype for its own bank digital currency. Wait, a CBDC, a kind of digital cash usable for online payments. The federal government has yet to green light the launch of the CBDC, but the central bank is working on plans in case the government gives it the go ahead. <laughs> glorious glorious paragraph in everything that he said cryptocurrencies are trouble you know obviously decoupling from bitcoin cryptocurrencies are are not only risky they're scams there's a there's attack vectors out there and they're volatile but guess who's going to get it fucking right the Bank of Canada, the government is going to get cryptocurrency right. The thieves and murderers are going to fucking knock it out of the park. And man, we're all going to be better off, right? This is, it's so easy to see it. CBDCs are social credit scores and they are going to lock you out of your goddamn accounts. Like don't ever get into CBDCs. Take it. <laughs> Take take that stuff and spend it. You know, if if you if you ever have to be paid in CBDCs, um, I hope you've already got your Bitcoin. I hope you're looking at you know five ten years from now when it's going to be worth lots of damn money, and you're using your CBDCs to buy like groceries and things like that. You know, like that's the the, the CBDCs are going to try it. They 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 have to try it. I think at some point, and I think it's going to be their death nail. People are just going to be like, nah, man, we're not down with this. All right, let's 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 hear the reasons now why we should be going to a 
the CBDC. There are two main reasons why central banks may want to develop their own CBDCs. If one of these fucking, if one of these reasons isn't um, for complete control of your life, then we know where this guy's at. A collapse in physical cash use or widespread adoption of cryptocurrencies or other private digital assets, both of which could undercut the central bank's position at the heart of payment systems and its ability to conduct monetary policy. So far, neither has happened. Yeah, oh well, they didn't mention complete control, so you know they're full of shit. So it's, I don't know. You, you see it coming a mile away with these idiots, man. You know, when they talk about like financial literacy, these guys are the most basic motherfuckers on earth. They have no idea what's coming for them. They have, they think modern, you know, modern monetary theory is going to save them. They think CBDCs are going to save them. That they they're going to sit here in one breath and talk about volatility, and then CBDCs are somehow going to be the fucking answer from the murder cult. Holy shit! Do you see what education can do? You can dismantle these guys just on the spot. And that's why they're scared. That's why they don't talk about us. That's why they don't want to they don't want to report about us. That's why anybody especially in politics who has this knowledge, man, they're not inviting you to debates. They're not putting you in polls. They're not putting you on TV. None of that kind of stuff. So, I got to take a second. Thank you to anybody and everybody from the podcast land. I don't care if you have been Democrats, Republicans, or Libertarians, or Bitcoiners for that matter. Thank you for having guys like me on. And I hope you continue to do the kind of stuff because that's the way word spreads organically without the those people. And, uh, you know, for the the big people in this space, you know, that have, that have had me on, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, national TV, like Kennedy, like I'm telling you right now, these people are the people that are literally taking risk. They are taking risk if they are, you know, if they have revenue coming in, uh, their livelihood depends on it. Those are the people taking risk. I hope you go out and you support anybody and everybody that has done that and had people like myself, the rest of the Mises caucus on the guys that are doing Bitcoin everywhere, man. Like those are the people that absolutely need you, the public, the crowd, the rest of those people out there that are fighting for freedom behind them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. These people are these people that write things like this are absolute morons and they're scared to death of us. The federal government's 2022 budget announced plans for a review of the financial sector legislation that will look at cryptocurrencies and all other digital assets. Cryptocurrencies have become a hot political topic in recent months with conservative party leadership contender Pierre Poliver—I can't say Poliver, uh, touting Bitcoin and promising to make Canada the blockchain and crypto capital of the world. Well, um, I, that's the end of the article. What a Mark Rendell. I got to tell you, um, what a, what a, what a crazy shitty article, man. Uh, what maybe <sighs> I need to bring you into the circle. I need to stop being an asshole and I need to bring you into the circle and be like, Hey, come here, man. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Unless, you know, you're just up for writing FUD. And that's your job. You're just a, you know, a function of the state that gets paid, you know, some silly salary for making up bullshit. 
that has absolutely no basis. But it was, I mean, definitely interesting. Uh, I said this is going to be a, kind of a short show. Um, we're sitting at about 30 minutes. I got another quick one here for you guys. I just want to show you guys what's happening. This is a big deal. Um, this is in Australia. Um, Australia's Bitcoin or Spot Bitcoin ETF. I had I mentioned it uh, earlier in the week. Their ETF is set to launch next week. 21 shares is set to become the first issuer to launch a Spot Bitcoin ETF in Australia after the Cosmos announced its de facto fund of funds. This is by Nasimos. We've uh, we've heard from him before. Um, definitely a friend of the podcast. This is written on April 20th of 2022, so pretty recent here. Cryptocurrency-focused company 21 Shares has teamed up with the leading exchange-traded uh, fund ETF provider ETF Securities to launch Australia's first spot Bitcoin ETF, the first firm said in a statement on Tuesday. The, 21st, the 21 Shares Bitcoin ETF, EBTC, is set to go live on the country's CBOE, Kobe, I guess, Kobe trading platform, formerly the CHIX, or on April 27th. 21 Shares product joins a similar fund from the Cosmos Asset Management that will start trading on the same day. Cosmos product became the first Bitcoin ETF to receive the green light for launching in Australia yesterday as the manager agreed to the country's main clearinghouse requirements of 42% of margin for such a product. However, 21 Shares Fund will be the first offering to invest directly into the underlying asset. Cosmos Bitcoin ETF will obtain exposure to the price of Bitcoin by investing in Toronto, Canada's based Purpose Bitcoin ETF, North America's first spot BTC ETF that launched early last year. Hany Rashan, CEO and co-founder of 21 Shares, said in a statement that his company's team is incredibly excited to be the first to offer spot Bitcoin ETF in Australia. Australians investors clearly want and deserve an affordable, easy, and professional way to access the growing crypto asset class, and we're delighted to continue building access bridges to the crypto world, Rashan said. Uh, a couple of couple more paragraphs real quick and we'll, we'll kind of talk about this. 21 shares is said to be the EBTC will hold an annual BTC on cold storage custody by Coinbase to track the price of Bitcoin in Australian dollars. Australia is now set to join Canada, Singapore, and Brazil as a country that offers a spot Bitcoin ETF to investors. An easy onboarding experience for those interested in obtaining exposure to the price of of the peer-to-peer -peer digital cash. Despite the popularity of such a product, however, the U.S. keeps being led astray as its Securities and Exchange Commission refuses to approve a spot offering for Bitcoin exposure to list in the country. That is the end of the article. Thank you, Nasimos, for writing that. Um, this is a big deal, obviously. You know, this um, this ETF spot for you know people that are looking for other people to invest for them big it's it is a big deal like this is you know it's it's something that you know i don't know i i'm of two minds like you can trust whoever you want with your money or you can get smart and become your own bank and cut out the middleman and and really get focused but you got to be smart you've got to do the education you got to do the work 
and it's not, you know, it's not without some risk, right? Like there, there is risk. If, if you don't know, um, best practices, then it's possible that bad things can happen, right? Like that's the, that's the risk. However, it's mitigated obviously and on, and damn near impossible. If you just go out, take your, your money and throw it into a cold wallet. Like that's, it's not that hard. Um, but anyway, yeah, the reason they're, they're, they're not doing this in the States is obviously, um, the States being the, the federal reserve currency of the world right now, they're going to be some of the last people. And that's, that's my, I think that's my prediction, right? Is, you know, it's not set in stone. We don't really know. And, um, at the end of the day, if we have a, if we have a, uh, ETF in America, I think it, it sends a different signal. I think it's, I think it's one of those things where the, the banks are going to hold out to get their best position possible on Bitcoin. Um, and they really don't care about us. They don't care about the plebs, man. They don't, they never have, they never will. Uh, it is, you know, it is their casino that we've been playing in forever and they'll continue to work people over instead of bringing people into a low time preference, delayed gratification, uh, type of savings, Austrian economic paradigm, uh, and, and put themselves in, in a better place, which I think is real sad. I think it's real telling of who these people are when they don't want to help other people who have, um, the appetite and are hurting right now in the space because of all of the inflation. Like I think it's absolutely one of the, uh, the shittiest things you could possibly do is if you know the stuff and you like, as if somebody who's really in finance and you know what Bitcoin is and you're not out there trying to help people, man, you're a bastard. You are such a bastard, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to keep that. You know, I'm going to keep it artificially low as possible while I'm stacking. What a bunch of bastards. And that's who these people are, man. Um, just know what you're up against. Know who these people are. And like I said earlier, you know, you know who, who they are and what they're doing. You can combat this. You can dismantle these people. And you as a little pleb out there um, who is, you know, just stacking on the regular, you're going to do all right. You're going to be pretty well off when the paradigm shifts and we're all, you know, playing a, a, a different um, end game, you know, we're not trying to spend the money that they're inflating out of existence today. We're looking at future generations. We're looking at the cultural shift. We're looking at the shift in, in literal power, power, like AC and DC power. We're looking at rebuilding. We're looking at a renaissance of the human species. And I don't know, that doesn't get you excited. It doesn't get you out of bed. It doesn't put a smile on your face, give you some hope. Uh, in terms of what this is, man, I got a bunch of people just lined up in the space to come and have these conversations. So whether it's uh, economics, whether it's cultural, whether it is energy, whether it's security or even philosophy or spirituality, like I've got them all and they are amazing people. Not to mention just your average plebs out there who are some of the most fun guys on earth. And I can't wait. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited, uh, to, to get back into some simulcast and bring you guys some of my, my buddies in this space, uh, to show you what they're doing 
and that you can make a difference. So at any rate, that's going to do it for this week. I hope you enjoyed your bonus show. Um, sorry it was so long getting to you guys. Uh, appreciate your patience and everything else. And thank you guys again for your time. Um, I know this is a ton of information, and I hope it makes that brain just glow when you're thinking about it. You know, that's that's my hope. That's what I want for you guys. I hope you're excited. I hope you're as hopeful as I am. And uh, I hope you see the future a little differently than you did maybe last year. At any rate, until next time, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take your stuff.